Do big name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford and Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lugnuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want, selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. You know, relationships are a give and take, and it'll be interesting to see if Travis Kelsey is cool with what Taylor Swift is taking from him, because it reportedly includes his ability to visit strip clubs. According to uh, the always reliable British tabloids, Taylor has banned Travis from visiting nudie bars after seeing him wearing a t-shirt from the Crazy Horse 3 in Vegas after a game against the Raiders earlier this year. She also wants him to FaceTime her instead of texting when they're apart because, quote, she secretly wants to see where he is and who he's with. Dude, you gotta act right. You got a girlfriend who's worth over a billion dollars. Yeah, strip clubs are out the window. There's there's nothing in a strip club that's going to be better than the $1 billion in cash that's sitting in Taylor Swift's bank account. She's also changing his look. She supposedly gave him $500,000 to step up his wardrobe. A source says, quote, She loves that he likes to take chances with his style choices, but some of his outfits have been sus. That means suspect. Oh, that's what it means? Yeah. I thought that was suspicious. FYI, Taylor's not trying to change Travis. She's just helping him evolve to meet Mm. his new level of fame. He was in She's helping him to become the best Travis Kelsey that Travis Kelsey can be. Right. You can't write a perfect song with uh, the boyfriend being an F-up. You know what I mean? No. Travis was just in Australia to catch Taylor on tour, but he was back in Vegas on Saturday partying hard with Patrick Mahomes at a club. Hey, Patrick, where's your dad? You I know, know, he usually comes out and does <laughs> shots with us. We were going to buy him around, yeah, or yeah. two, or five. What were you going to say? I'm just going to say, you know, it. it uh, if, if if I were with a woman who had a billion dollars, mm-hmm. I would likely do anything she asked me to do. Yeah, I wouldn't even, you know what? That's how guys start hanging out with their friends. When you find something really good, you just alienate everybody else. That's, you know what? She's worth it. Mm-hmm. She's totally worth it. Listen, you had your fun. You did your Super Bowl party, and you tried to sing a Garth Brooks song really drunk. Mm-hmm. And now you're mine. You're all mine. The off season is your on season. Yeah, yeah. That's hey, that's a good football uh, quote. You like that? Yeah. I just made it up at the top of my head. I think Bill Belichick said that to everybody when uh, the last time the Patriots won, which was like a billion years ago. Hey, remember, the off-season is the on-season, and yeah. the on-season is the off-season. Do your job. That's what he would have said. Uh, speaking of Taylor, when uh, Taylor played a core stadium in Sydney on Friday, Blink-182 was playing an arena just a few minutes away, and Mark Hoppus decided to have a little fun. Earlier in the day, he went over to a core and recorded himself telling the Swifties that they should be going to see Blink-182 instead. But it does seem like Mark and his wife caught one of her shows while they were in town because they got a picture with Taylor. His bandmate Tom DeLong was uh, went to a Taylor show too and met actress Rebel Wilson. Katy Perry and Rita Ora were there too, and Rita brought along her man Ta- 
Taikak Watiti. Is this just about the most exciting story you've ever heard in your life? This is amazing. I don't know why we didn't lead with this. Do you I ever mean, lead a Hollywood trash with a good story? It's called trash. Well, I mean, it's just it's just like so much going on uh, uh, on that Blink show that you just go, God, I, what am I doing with my time? And and Taylor, all, all I'm doing is going to Free Music Friday at MGM, which is pretty much like going to a Taylor Swift concert, except with all with all those uh, celebrities crammed in. Listen, I saw enough dad jeans on Friday night to make you, uh, you know. Flip out. I'm sure you did. Look at this. It's my middle-aged outfit. I'm wearing my <laughs> leather pants, my black shirt, and we're going we're gonna take it. We're gonna have a peaceful, easy feeling tonight. <laughs> and uh Taylor's dad was there handing out sandwiches to f- and fruit to fans. Not oh, at not great. at not at the uh, Eagles experience at this Australian show. <laughs> that would have been weird. Taylor Swift's dad's at MGM handing out sandwiches at what the a, Eagles experience concert. What, a, what are the odds? Uh, Martha Stewart wears bathing suits instead of underwear in case she wants to go swimming. That's kind of gross. Why is that gross? You know, spandex bathing suit all day long. Well, I mean, sometimes when a pool party happens and I'm not dressed for it, I feel out of place. You're supposed to shower before you go in somebody else's pool. <laughs> the hell I will. Seriously, that's uh, that's gross. You're getting all your oils and your geritol and your... I'm sure inside of that pool filter. I'm sure she doesn't go anywhere without a skimmer. You imagine calling uh, Teddy Bear pools and spotting like Teddy. There's some there's some denture cream stuck in the filter. You think he'd come out? (laughs) I don't know if Teddy himself would come out. Well, but at least somebody would come out. But no, and Teddy, I can almost anticipate the call. You did what? You put why'd you get denture cream in the in the in the filter? You know you're not supposed to do that, right? Yeah. What's the pH balance? You don't even yeah, want to It's off the charts. A new study says that despite the movie, uh, what the movie Dodgeball says, it's actually harder to dodge a ball than a wrench because the wrench won't curve, so you know exactly where it's going to go. I'm glad we spend a lot of time figuring out the scientific uh, <laughs> purposes of a 25-year-old movie. And you know what? That's the thing that's the most surprising thing, is that these movies are so old and people keep talking about them. And we're just now getting around to the to the physics of it all. Yeah. According to a new, a new poll, Oppenheimer is the movie that most Americans think should and will win Best Pictures at the Oscars. Barbie is second. I didn't... I, listen, I don't get it. Barbie was an okay movie that I didn't think was worthy of a of an award-winning performance maybe for costumes and designs and things like that but you know if if barbie is like one of your top competitors for an oscar yeah. what does that say about every other movie that came out this year apart from oppenheimer exactly uh killers of the flower moon is the third one that people think should be an oscar winner uh and whatever happened to be uh, kim kardashian becoming a lawyer Apparently, she's just too damn busy. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, she must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I passed the bar was when Ray J dropped his suit while he badgered the wetness, and I proceeded to violate the penal code in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. Uh, Caitlin? Well, I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but we uh, once had movie night with Saturday Night Beaver. <laughs> then we uh, then we watched Star Wars yeah. Episode V. <laughs> 
What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is we finished on Raiders of the Lost Arse. <laughs> See, there you go. There, there you go. Good. Very good. I hate snakes. <laughs> And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Aya. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611 and the Rolling Stones with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 54. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohen will be joining us next hour. That'll be exciting stuff. And there's some other stuff, too, that uh, we'll get around to. Yes. Yes, we will. Uh, Friday night was the uh, the Eagles experience down at uh, MGM Springfield. Uh-huh. Surprisingly, uh I too was at the top of Columbus Avenue at 6 p.m. and I got to the MGM garage at 604 huh. uh, p.m. Well, I don't know and what happened because it was very different than the uh, night I was there. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it just takes a little uh, ingenuity and know-how to get around the streets of downtown Springfield. Oh, really? Is yes, that it? Yes. You, don't, you don't think that uh, my my uh, my warnings may have uh, heated changes in people's uh, you know, behavior no, into but, getting in there? But I had many people walking up to me going, I don't know what Bax is talking about. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, uh, I was not the only one tied up in traffic that night. And that's all I can tell you. Uh, but uh, but but the uh, the Eagles experience was uh, was a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put on a great performance. They do a lot of Eagles songs? No. Surprisingly, it was a Cars cover band. They did My Best Friend's Girl. Oh, like you yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Magic was my favorite one. Yeah, that's a yeah, good one. That, yeah, that, that's a yeah, good hit. Yeah. Uh, but there was quite a few people there, and and again, it was backed up. The line was was you could only allow so many people of occupancy into that ballroom area. So then they had people waiting there in the little uh, bank line, I call it. Yeah, you know, the little ropes and all that stuff. I wonder if they should have opened up a like a second room with a second band and have two balls. No, no, no. They only need one ball. You sure about that? I'm very sure about that. Um, but no, it was a it was a busy night. There was a lot of traffic uh, down there, um, but it it went off uh, without a hitch. Huh, it went off without a hitch. Good a- for you. I'm very very happy you didn't have to uh, suffer the same kind of exasperating uh, situation that I had to deal with. No, no. And then uh, Saturday night, I uh, I went out. Uh, I went out with the guys. Did you? Me and the boys went out. Really? Yeah. You good time friends? Yeah, yeah. My uh, Mike Ostrowski, my 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 buddy, my new buddy. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we're, hang, we're hanging out. Like your sugar daddy. He's not a sugar daddy. Oh, why? He's kind of a sugar daddy. Listen, I offered to pay for my own ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, slow down, slow down, yeah. there, animal. But uh, but no, it was it was fun, and I gotta, I really gotta give a lot of credit to the Springfield Thunderbirds. What an incredible you know scene that they have created down there. The place was absolutely packed mm-hmm. on Saturday night. In fact, um, they had uh, it was two sellouts in a row, Friday and Saturday yeah, were both well, sold out. Friday was the Hartford I mean you got two two good two big teams that they played. Uh, the Hartford Wolf Pack and then Providence and on then, Saturday. And then Providence on Saturday. And on Saturday, I mean, it was not only was the action of the game really good, and I'm not like I, I don't really know a whole lot about hockey. I just know, and then, but of course, you know, I have people now who can tell me what all these things mean. Sure. Hey, why do they drop that little pucky thing on the ground there like that? Oh. Why do they Why do they push it into the corner like that? You know, I'm just asking all these stupid. <laughs> What's questions. that big machine that makes everything so glossy and slippery? Yeah. What is that thing? Um. But. Uh, 
just the uh, the, the things they do to get the fans involved mm-hmm. and all the kids that are there to do that, you know, to um, you know, either participating on the ice with with the opening ceremonies and things like that. It was it was a military veterans night on Saturday, which was really cool because they. You know, they thank everybody for being in, in different branches of the service and everything. And then right. they had, uh, I can't remember, I think she was from Barnes who sang the national anthem um, from the National Guard there. And it was just uh, the things they do to keep people engaged during the game. Even if you're not a hockey fan, there's so much going on there that it's hard not to be part of the crowd. You yeah. Know? I- I, I gotta give the Thunderbirds credit because because you're either hockey you're either a hockey fan or or you're not you know there's there's some people that are like kind of in the in the middle but but hockey fans are kind of like a niched out group of folks like yeah. real rabid hockey fans but the Thunderbirds have done such a remarkable job making every game seem like a festival atmosphere yeah that it's really contagious and the idea. You know, the idea, you know, years ago of going downtown to see a hockey game was like, eh, okay, we'll have fun. But now it's like when you go, you say to yourself, I got to come back to this. Yeah. I want to I want to be a part of this because the excitement of not just the game, but also everything surrounding it, you have to tip your hat to the Thunderbirds. They've done a remarkable job. And I was, I was, uh, it reminded me of uh, when I was up in Syracuse. <laughs> When I, but when I was a teenager, we like my friends and I used to go to the Syracuse Crunch games. All the Syracuse Crunch was kind of like a newer team back in the uh, back in the nineties. Yeah, and uh, they they almost did exactly the same kind of thing, getting fans involved. And those the, the Syracuse War Memorial was pretty much sold out almost every game that they had. Yeah, uh, for that thing, and that's kind of what it is now at at the Thunderbirds. I remember going to a. a a Falcons game for the very first time back in like 1997, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh wow, this is gonna be like the Crunch Games where everybody's all. I think there's like six people there, you know, like it I was know. it wasn't full, and it reminded me of you remember watching like old Red Sox footage from like the 80s, where where the where the camera pans over into 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 the outfield and it's all just green. There's no advertisers there's oh, nothing yeah. that's what the that's what the that's what the civic center looked like <laughs> it, it, was, it looked like the uh, the hockey version of a uh, florida marlins game yeah there's yeah. like nobody there the no frills version of uh, of sports but uh they they did a great job and get this guess what they had there saturday night what a t-shirt cannon Oh, that's that's fun and, stuff, man. I was talking to Nate afterwards. I don't think it's theirs. I couldn't really hear what he was saying. Like it doesn't belong to them. There was these guys. On was like it one a, of those conversations where you're looking at Nate and say, "Oh my God, he's so dreamy," but not even able to hear a it word was he the says? Twinkle in his eye that yeah, I that's just I know. distracted by. It was just like all of a sudden you all of a sudden I see little hockey players flying around <laughs> his head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I think of nailing to the boards, well, I, I think, think of totally something different else. To me yeah. and- but uh, he, w- but it was very loud in there, which was a good thing, and I couldn't really understand what he was saying. But I, I think he said that that doesn't belong to them. This this thing, I think it was just like a one, like uh, they use it sporadically. I see. But it was on the back of a fire truck, like a like a like a pickup truck fire truck. Okay. And, and these two guys, and it was just like watching like one of those old uh, World War II movies where the <laughs> one guy is shoving the artillery into the tubes. 
It's like a repeater. Yeah. And then the other guy, it's got the air thing about it, and he's cranking the handle, and the thing goes, poof, 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 and these T-shirts are flying everywhere. And I'm like, you got to watch out. That's how Maude Flanders died. <laughs> it's right. You know? She, she got, did. With Hom- t-shirt Homer can. jumped out of the way, and uh, the T-shirt knocked her off the bleachers into the onto the ground. So you got to be careful with that kind of thing. But uh, but that was cool. And I said to Nate, I said, forget the Zamboni. I want to run the T-shirt cannon. Because you know I would have some sort of mishap. Like oh, probably. Did you uh, There was like a video that uh, of some woman that had like a confetti cannon. Did you see this? There was like, a, a, like I, don't know, was, I don't know if it was a TikToker. Yeah. Whatever it was. But it was somebody, some woman who was at a game. She was like in the middle of a... Of some sporting event. She's got the T-shirt, the confetti cannon. Yeah. She's clearly never used one of these before. And she's got the the, the cannon, like, yeah. you point it out towards the crowd, and she pulls the trigger, but she's got the thing reversed. So she gets a whole face full of confetti. That sounds like a Kim Kardashian tip. Oh, man. She had confetti all over her face. Oh, I bet she did. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was great fun. So you got to be very careful with those kinds of things. You know, that's, uh, that's you know. An air compressor, you know, pushing a cannon, you yeah. know, 50 yards. That'll brain you if you don't the, uh, the incorrectly. I'm worried about getting hit by a puck. Yeah. You know what? That hurts. I would imagine it would. That's very painful. And I don't, I, and that was a, I, I sat, we sat right behind, you know, where the tunnel comes out, where all the players come out? Mm-hmm. We're sitting right above that tunnel. So, that's a perfect place to catch a puck to the face because yeah. see yeah. this is this is why they tell you you need to pay attention because if a puck is coming at you yeah you know it's screaming at you like 150 miles an hour you, yeah. you, you have to get out of the way and if you're not paying attention you're dinking around on your phone you're playing candy crush because you're not all that interested in, uh, in in hockey yeah you're gonna get a puck right to the throat. Oh, yeah. You can't be on your phone. No. You, why would you? It's like texting and driving. You can't do it. You, no. Because you, you got to pay attention to anything uh, coming at you and shoot you in the face. That means two, two things. things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But uh, but good night. Good yeah. night. And and, and uh, kudos to the Thunderbirds and the and the management team down there bringing everybody uh, celebratory fun. Now, did you, when you went in, Yeah. I assume you uh, you saw the garage? I didn't. You didn't see the garage? You know Where- why? Because I wasn't even paying. First of all, I parked because uh, we went and ate at the fort beforehand. Okay. So I parked in that city stage garage. Oh, okay. the city stage. Because, because otherwise, you know, by the time you're done eating dinner and then you might as well just take the 10-minute walk and walk down to the, the Mass Mutual Center because why try bother moving the car? You're you're gonna park it over at MGM or you're gonna if you're you can't if you're, find one on the if street. you found a space, keep it and exactly. You could walk anywhere. And uh surprisingly, they give you the ticket for that garage, but you did I didn't have to pay. I got down to the bottom, the gate was wide open. Perfect. So I don't know if that was like maybe that was a mistake. I don't know. But I'm like, well, I'm not paying for this. Uh, well, I'm just so gonna... the last couple of times I've been downtown, I've, mm-hmm. I've been very mindful to look at, at the progress of that of that parking garage. Yeah. And the basic structure of it is up. I mean, it, everything's all concreted up and uh, and everything. And I remember, yeah. you know, watching it come down. I remember the, uh, the, the, the girders being put, you know, into the ground. It's like, you, you know, you're starting to see real progress on that thing. It's very exciting. It's going to... Ch- it will 
alleviate all the problems that do exist well, from time to time. The the more thing that I'm I'm attracted to for that project is not just the to alleviate the parking, but the plans that they have for that that area. Or Bruce Landon Way, yeah. Almost gonna be like a little yawky way right in downtown Springfield. It should be it should be great if they can pull it off. Listen, uh get yourself out to a Thunderbirds game if you haven't done so. Because it's really cool. It's 623 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. You know, people always ask me, when's the best time to buy a car? I always tell them, it's more than food. It's my big why. It's 625 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown is on uh, on hiatus today. Oh, really? Apparently he couldn't uh, figure out how to put the ending to the forecast. Uh, so, yeah. Well, yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. Hey, uh, this week, check out Baxi's musical podcast. Uh, my guest this week is singer, actor, author, and filmmaker Jack Grisham from the band TSOL. They're about to release their 12th album tomorrow, and he talks all about that and some other things, too, including 35 years of sobriety. It's a hell of a story. It's all brought to you by Metro Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on rock102.com. You want to laugh? I do. All right. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh? Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. All right, before you get into it, yeah, I can tell something is cooking in your head because yeah. you don't normally smile going into a joke. Well, uh, I just like... Why? Why? Why I'm expecting something really great. That's all I'm saying. Well, don't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the joke yeah, that's right funny. there. Uh, so a bus stops and two Italian men get on. Okay. Right off the boat. They get onto a bus, right? Sure. They sit down and engage in an animated conversation. And the lady behind them ignores them at first, but her attention is caught, is caught when she hears one of the men say the following. Emma, come first. Then I come. Then two S's come together. I come a once more, a two S's. And then again, I come again and pee twice. And then I come again a one last time. And then the lady's like, what? And she turns around and she's like, you foul-mouthed swine. In this country, we don't talk about our sex lives in public. And he goes, hey, Simadonna, lady, who's talking about sex? I'm just telling my friends how to spell a Mississippi. Hey, hey. Because Emma come first, then the two S's <laughs> come together. I come a once more, two S's, then they come a together again. I come again a P twice, and then I come a one last time, a Mississippi. <laughs> Ta -da. Backs and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102. Details. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Springfield man was arrested in Enfield on Thursday following a young girl who was walking her dog back to her home. According to Enfield, police officers were sent to Gatewood Drive on Thursday for a report of a man who approached a young girl who was walking her dog. The man tried becoming friends with the girl by making small talk about the dogs. The man asked the young girl if she could uh, shake her hand, if he could shake her hand, but instead of shaking her hand... He leaned in and kissed her hand. When the young girl walked away, the man followed her back to her residence. The uh, Good Samaritans intervened in the situation and helped the young girl get into her residence to get away from the man. The man ran off after being confronted by an off-duty police officer and was arrested after a chase through the complex. It was discovered that the man had an electronic defense weapon on him. A taser? Okay. <clears throat> uh, the man was identified 
as Ariel Cintron of Springfield and was arrested in violation of stalking, criminal possession of a firearm or electronic device, and other charges. That's scary, man. That's uh, kids going outside and just trying to do something, uh, you know, walk the dog, and uh, you got scumbags like this. You know, they, they uh, I mean, you know, thankfully, you know, the girl was unhurt, but, you know, you, you often read about any, like, abduction like that or yeah. attempted abduction is usually done with people that know each other. It's rarely, like, a stranger. No, but it does happen. It does happen. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of crap that uh, you got to deal with. Uh, two people have been seriously injured after an accident on Parker Street, Street in Springfield on Saturday. According to Ryan Walsh, at approximately 9.35 p.m. on Saturday, officers were sent to the 1000 block of Parker Street for a report of a car that crashed into a tree. The four occupants of the vehicle were taken to base day with two having serious injuries. The department's uh, traffic unit is investigating the crash, and 22 News will not update you as soon as more information becomes available. But they promised to. Well, they said they would. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a lot of promises being thrown all over the place. Why didn't you call me, 22? You said you had a good time. <laughs> oh, my God. Why didn't you call me? Uh, why? Why not? You said you were going to give me updates on the story, and you didn't. <sighs> The uh, students at Southwick Regional School are returning to their classrooms after February break following allegations of racist bullying. The principal at Southwick Regional School says there will be an increased police presence on campus. Police uh, Serena, or I'm sorry, Principal Serena Shorter says this will help provide reassurance and support to the school community, ensuring uh, that everyone feels safe and secure. Shorter said she will be holding class meetings to discuss the incidents with students and staff. The allegations stem from Allison Lopez, who says her daughter was one of multiple students who had a bid placed on her during an online, quote, slave auction held over social media. Lopez also says her daughter was the victim of racial harassment. An online petition with over 1,300 signatures also calls for accountability from students, parents, and administrators at Southwick Regional. The district also says it will offer counseling and support services to students. Superintendent Jennifer Willard said the district conducted an investigation. 22 News did ask if she could share any of the consequences or disciplinary actions that the students who were allegedly involved would face. But she said, I will update you as soon as more details become available. Ooh, she just 22, ooh, 22. Ooh, oh, man, ooh, you, look at that. Whoa, you just 23, 22. It's one more. <laughs> you one up them. That's an extra finger. Right yeah, right. There. Yeah. Uh, this story is so uh, disturbing because, yeah, I, 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 we said it at the time. It's like you would like to think that we'd be beyond this stuff and that maybe we have taught our kids to be a little bit more uh, understanding and more sensitive to, to stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's not the case. No. It's not everywhere. It's sadly, it's not the case. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, I don't know where that mentality comes from. That that it's okay to do any of that stuff. I, I think it. I think it. Again, yeah, I can't say this for sure. I think it comes from many generations of saying, "Well, it's you know, it's just I'm just it's just it's a joke. It's just a joke." But it's not, especially if well, if you're somebody's been specifically targeted because of their ethnic background, especially if you're the only one. Exactly. being targeted, and you got a group of people, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, you, you learn that from somewhere is what I'm what I'm getting at. 
it was two years ago when Russia first invaded Ukraine. We're following up. With, or we are not following up. Western Mass News is. I got to change their uh, you know narrative here. Western Mass News is following up with one of Chickabee Man, who has a Ukrainian flag at his home in support of the country. Throughout the years, it's uh, seen its share of vandals who marked the flag with pro-war support for Russia. Uh, I respect the sovereignty, said Nelson Lewis of Chickabee. Two years later, and Chickabee uh, native Nelson Lewis keeps hope that sovereignty will return to Ukraine more than 4,600 miles away from the war-torn country. Lewis shows his support with his flag right in front of his home. But people have been vandalizing this thing. I I don't understand that either. Uh, that's another one that guy gets mad when I say I don't understand things. Steve, there's a lot how, of things that neither one of us understand. How passionate are you about... Are you offended by a sign or or a symbol? Well, you know, the funny thing so much so that you're going to go and and do something about it yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing about it is, you know, we live in a country where everybody has differing opinions and that's really okay. Yeah. And I don't have to agree with you, but I have no right to deface any of your property and I have no right to try to squash your right to have that opinion. So I don't right. understand. It, this would this would never be something I would do. And even if even if I totally passionately disagreed with you, the last thing I'm going to do is cause problems or or you commit acts of vandalism or violence. It, it, it ain't never going to happen. I don't uh, understand why people do. I actually encourage people to have the political signs on their front lawn so I can tell which one of you is a douchebag. <laughs> Doesn't matter who you're for. Yeah. You're a douchebag if you put somebody's political sign on your front lawn. I really, like, that. that is just one of those things that's, it's like, pick me, look at me, look at me, I'm supporting this person, I'm supporting it's the that the same thing person. with social media, though. I mean, social media is the lawn sign of, uh, of the new millennium. It's yeah. like, you know, especially if you're using it to push a political agenda. It's like, that's, that's the last thing I want to waste my time on. Facebook or Instagram doing and it, so many other things I could waste my time on. And then and then there's the folks with the the over the top signage. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's it's not enough to just have that metal thing prong thing that sticks in your lawn to say who you're supporting, but to do like an entire facade of your building <laughs> with that. Yeah, I'm not going to point out the uh, you know uh, which political candidate this was, but uh, there was one who uh, is in the local area, who was running for a political office. And on his front yard, he had the world's biggest sign with his name on it. It had to be like like 10 foot by 10 foot. I mean, it was an enormous sign. You know, I I don't even like putting my name on the mailbox outside my house. So I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't need everyone to know where I'm living. I mean, there's ways of finding out, but I don't want you knowing. It's none of your damn business. You ever see these uh, these realtor signs now? Mm-hmm. They're a little, they're way more elaborate than they used to be. It used to be just like, oh, this this company's selling this home, and it would say sold or pending or you know what, whatever the whatever the process was that they were at and the thing. Now they got hot chicks all over them. Yeah, you're driving w- down the street and you're like, wow, I can get this chick's number. Where'd you get it from? I got it off this sign off somebody's front lawn. I got it off her billboard on Boston Road. She's wearing a very smart, well-pressed suit. That is, uh, that is, yeah, that's, uh, oh, I love that pantsuit. Mm, mm, yeah. A woman in a polyester pantsuit? Uh, but that seems to be like the new business card is the the elaborate realty sign in your fr- in somebody's front yard. 
just displaying. Yeah. There was a, you know, whenever I've used the realtor, I've never had someone who was a real so camera ready that they'd be ready to uh, put up their glamour shot on the side of a road. I mean, I just wanted someone who was going to sell my house as opposed to worry about looking pretty doing it. Well, that's the, that's the thing. You know, when I when I've if I've ever chosen somebody for a job like that, you don't usually typically go by the looks. You go by the track record of how they are, have they've sold. Yeah. Is that so? Is just the being pretty and the and the and the makeup and the lights picture? Is that just? It's it's just pure it's, marketing. Is that to just draw you in? Do you remember? I, do you remember like a couple of years ago when when realtors would have like I don't know if they would eat these I don't know these they would have these ads and they would list all like all the biggest selling realtors yeah. like you know this this person this lady uh, sold a million dollars worth of houses which and, and this guy yeah. wanted like two million dollars like like yeah. I want to go with the guy that sold the most amount of houses that's to me that's someone who knows their job and knows how to unload property well uh you know marty does this sometimes too and, and we had we had this boss that used to do this where he used to combine all of our years together to say we have over a hundred years of broadcasting sir uh, uh <laughs> yeah, experience. experience in this very no, room no we don't no we don't each one of us has our own individual length of time that does not equal over a hundred years yeah i mean I wasn't standing there on the beach with Marconi trying to get the uh, the first radio signals out. You weren't? No. Because I was. Really? Uh, yeah. I wasn't at all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's same thing with the realtor thing. It's like, oh, this person's a million dollars. But then you look at the price of houses and you're like, what's that? What, two houses you sold? You sold two <laughs> houses. $500,000 each, you're a million dollar seller. Now, it's, now that number's got to go up. The $10 million I know. Marketing is totally different these days. Uh, As it stands, Missouri judges cannot legally finalize a divorce if a woman is pregnant. I got a buddy. (laughs) The uh, three other states have some. This is the only. He's got irreconcilable differences. Listen, I could care less about this story. I just wanted to do it because (laughs) I saw the word pregnant woman. Uh, Texas, Arizona, and Arkansas have similar laws. While a pregnant woman can still file for divorce in Missouri, the court must wait until after a woman gives birth in order to finalize child custody and child support. When it comes to domestic violence, there are no exceptions. It just doesn't make sense in 2024, said Representative Ashley Dune uh, from Missouri. Uh, Aoun, I I said June. What's her name? Aoun, A-U-N-E. A-U-N-E. Aoun. Aoun. Werewolves of London. Yeah, that's where you go. Now, if uh, she's pregnant with twins, that would change, like, the entire course of child support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aoun introduced a a bill, this legislative session, that essentially says pregnancy cannot prevent a judge from finalizing a divorce or separation. I just want moms in difficult situations to get out if they need to. Yeah, that does make kind of no sense. Because what if two people weren't even married and they had a child together? This custody battle would still be the same, wouldn't it? Uh, You fathered a child and then your responsibility. I believe that's true, but I don't know if that's true for every state in the country. So I, I, I couldn't tell you what what your responsibilities are from an unmarried pregnancy. I don't know. 
Uh, she agreed that while the law was made with good intentions, like making sure kids are taken care of, she feels it needs to be updated to reflect modern times. This is something that was brought to me by folks in the community who shared that it was a huge problem. During a committee hearing earlier this month, uh, said, uh, I bet these people hate when I say their names like that. Like last week, well, hey. <laughs> Uh, one woman shared a powerful uh, testimony regarding the abusive situation, and d- she was pregnant. See, that's the thing. It's like you, if you, you should be able to walk away from somebody who's abusing you. Well, I, this is not about whether or not you can separate from somebody, but whether you can see in Massachusetts. If you file for divorce, you have to wait a certain number of days before the file from the filing to the day that it's considered to be finalized. Yeah. So there's like 120 days something like that. This may be kind of like that. So you know, you can you can file but you may not have it official until the baby is born. You gotcha. have a certain period of time which right. which basically means there may be a grace period in between when you pay the full amount of child support. I don't know. I mean it, I'm just I'm just saying it may differ from from state to state. I would just, you know, when I got divorced, you know, it was very clear what I was going to have to pay based right. on a formula that the, that the state has, and so you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't much of a surprise from when I filed to when everything was finalized. Right, right, right. I don't know. I just I, uh, this whole thing, uh, you know, telling somebody they can't get divorced because you're with child. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to stay in that in that unhealthy relationship. That's not what that's saying. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today. Mix of sun and clouds with a high of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 54. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Is the power out in Hadley? Are there road closings in Westfield? Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 752 and Pearl Jam with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 54. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, we were talking about the uh, the Thunderbirds earlier uh, this hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, another Thunderbird Thursday with uh, with Bax and Nagel. That would be us. Tune in around 745 on Thursday. We'll give away a prize pack that includes four hats, four koozies, four stickers, and four seats on the glass to Saturday's game. It's a Thunderbird Thursday this Thursday on Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Telling you, good time at those uh, Thunderbirds games. And uh, being on the glass, that would even be better. Not even a minute into play the other night, there was a big fight. Oh, I the, love that. That's the best. You know, then, they, uh, they, there's some people that say that, uh, that fighting is... Uh, is distracting and not a great part of the game. Well, I I can't respect people who feel that way. You know, to me, fighting is like almost the best part of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when you get those little kids into watching two guys uh, beat the crap out of each other on with, the ice with blood with, splatting all over the place and blades on their feet. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how we build fans around here. That's how we do it. Yeah, how you do it. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yesterday I did the uh, the ride to remember inside ride. So 22 News yeah. just showed uh, some video yeah. of you on the bike. They didn't show you behind uh, you know, anybody, uh, you know, mugging the camera, but they yeah. showed you sweating uh, on the bike. Yeah. It didn't look like you were feeling 
great. It looked like you were uh, like it hurt, like it was like like uh, like you just were about to pass out. Well, you're in the middle of a workout. When somebody's taping you doing that, it's not like you're smiling, going, "Hey, how's it going, everybody?" Hey, with well, the cameras on, man, yeah. you gotta you gotta amp up your game. I'm, it, I'm saying this for just to, to help you out, yeah. for, you know, in marketing purposes. And then uh, Chris, Chris Allard from from Square One, who was in here last week, right. she's running the class. And uh, she's also running the music, which I have to criticize her a little bit about because apparently the playlist repeated itself. Oh, boy. And I say, what is this, Rock 102? Huh? Huh? Are you playing Tom Petty (laughs) 10 times a day? No. We already heard Love Shack. We need to go over another song. But uh, no, she did a great job. That That was a good time. But uh, yeah, when you're in the middle of a workout like that, you don't want to. You you're not. You have to look serious. You have to look like you're playing the part, man. See, uh, when I'm working out, yeah, and it's very rare when I do. I was gonna say, when do you work out? It's rare, but it's it, but it's happened where I've been into the gym. As soon as I see like the where all the security cameras are, yeah, that's where I start mugging it up for the camera, just in case you're taking uh, you know random snaps of uh, members working out. I want to make sure I'm uh, I'm working it. You're going to get that five-pound dumbbell and turn on the lunk alarm at the Planet Fitness? If that's what I got to do to look good doing yeah, it, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, that was that was actually a really good event yesterday. They they wound up having so many riders that they had to add another hour to that. Really? Yeah. I only did noon to noon to, to noon 45, to 1245. <laughs> noon 45. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. But it was like, uh, what, when, when to when was it? It was uh, it was supposed to be twelve to one, then one to two, then two to three. But they added another one for three to four. Wow, that's good because there were so many people that uh, that had signed up, and uh, just a, it's a, a good kickoff to an event like that too. When you have all these extra things, kind of like what we're doing with the marathon, when we have these the comedy show or or any other number celebrity of bartending celebrity nights. bartending nights, yeah. bartending other things that you know kind of amp up to to push you over the edge a little bit. The the thing that uh, that that I've been really uh, it's been really cool to watch is that community organizations are now and Chris Allard said it last week they're helping each other versus what it used to be with like oh don't come near my nonprofit don't come near my nonprofit but that's how the that it, it has seemingly worked better. When community organizations work together, one hand washes the other, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you help me now, I'll help you later, kind of thing. Well, what is that like? Uh, next week, is it next? Yeah, it's next week. Next week, I got like two celebrity bartending events in the same night. Are you doing the one at the fort with the Boy Scouts? Yeah, no? but then I'm doing another one yeah. at uh, at Loophole. Oh, Loophole Brewing. Yeah. Later. Uh, oh, that's later the one that you had to sign up for the tips class. For. Yes. Well, now you're tip certified. I'm tip certified. Which is uh, which is great. So I, I know you know which which drunk which drunks I should take down for cash and which ones I shouldn't. You should just start cutting people off. Hey, like, I'm sorry, I'm tip certified. You've already had your fair share, sir. <laughs> just all I've had is water. Nevertheless, well, did you ever you ever go to like uh, I remember years ago going to Mohegan Sun and sitting I'm sitting there at the bar uh, as a good drunk would do and uh, waiting for a free drink. Mm-hmm. But the guy's like looking at the clock. Sorry, man, I can't give you another one for another fifteen minutes. What? Oh, they were timing you? Well, yeah, because they're only allowed to give so many free drinks out within <laughs> like an hour or something yeah. uh, to the thing. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? I have to wait to get drunk. 
that's it. I'm going to the other side on the other bar over there where that guy has no idea that I was sitting here and just had a free drink. You know, the funny thing is that um, I'm doing that tip certification, and it's giving, and, and yeah. it's basically spelling out all the things that you're supposed to do and not supposed to do as yeah. a bartender, and you know how to spot someone who has been overserved. I mean, it's it's a very it's a very elaborate class you have to you have to participate in. Yeah. And as I'm doing it, all I can think of is all the many times that I was celebrity bartending and actually started to pour drinks. Yeah. Especially cocktails. If I had to make a cocktail. <laughs> drinks. Yeah, I know. But if I had to make a cocktail uh, for somebody, uh, it was probably uh, the most irresponsible cocktail yeah. in the world. I can't was trying to mix drinks like you used to mix drinks. Yeah, no, you can't do that. That's irresponsible. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's potentially deadly. And I didn't realize that that responsibility fell on my, my shoulders and so uh, as i celebrity bartend uh, i'm going to be slightly more responsible I, I don't want anyone to lose their license but you know how i am at these things i don't pour anything i just go around the bar and shake people down for cash because that's what it's all about it is and, uh, and i'll be doing two in one night it's better to like you said not to serve drinks i know we got we're out of time here but uh there, when I walked out of the Scantic Valley YMCA yesterday, I saw in the bushes a pair of men's underwear. And I'm like, well, that's a that's a ride to remember inside <laughs> ride. <laughs> Somebody might have wanted to forget that one. Yeah. There's something about that pair of underwear yeah, that needed to be forgotten. I was like, where's the cops? There's evidence sitting right here in the bushes. There's DNA all over yeah. it. <laughs> it's 659 to Rock 102. Call or text us anytime on the Route 10 Tire Listener Line at 413-293-1021. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, sending your kids off to college isn't cheap. College education is going to run you no matter where your kid goes. And yet parents willingly put themselves into potential financial ruin because every parent likes the idea of having their kid receive a college education. There's only one problem with this. College students are some of the dumbest people on earth. And trying to educate them is no easy challenge, especially when they are prone to acting like total dopes. For example, on Saturday, the unranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons beat the 8th-ranked Duke Blue Devils 83-73, a great game filled with both excitement and postseason ramifications for both storied ACC rivals. The problem is, immediately following the game, Wake Forest fans stormed onto their home court to celebrate this otherwise improbable win. However, in doing so, several Wake Forest fans bumped into Duke star center Kyle Filipowski, causing him to injure his leg, an injury which Filipowski believes was intentional. Not that this is the end. Uh, now, this is not the only time that something like this has happened. In fact, last week, LSU was fined $100,000 after fans stormed the court after defeating the 17th-ranked Kentucky Wildcats. And now, many people are demanding that this sort of thing come to an end. Well... Shy of putting up a chain-link fence between the players and the ticket-paying fans, you're talking about trying to stop a college tradition as rooted in history as binge drinking, vomiting, and cramming for exams. So putting an end to this sort of thing isn't going to come easy, and it probably isn't going to come cheap, which must be great news to hear if you're one of the 9,000 families that's paying $85,000 a year for their kid to get a Wake Forest education. Look, if your kid is one of these court-storming morons, here's an idea. 
How about you stop paying for their basketball tickets? That way, you'll save a few bucks and your kid won't be one of those goofy little dopes that's out there looking to injure Duke players. That would be my first course of action, because on top of the $85,000, I also don't want to pay for bail or the medical expenses that my kid might have caused. Call me a tightwad, but that's how Baxi rolls. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get a Craftsman fold-up hex key set, seven bucks. A Craftsman hammer or a Craftsman tool bag, seven bucks. It's a seven-buck Craftsman tool sale at Rocky's. Hand tools and accessories, seven-buck bargains going on right now at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Classic Rock at 712 in the doors with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be uh, part mo- uh, mix of sun and clouds with a high of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 54. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. To say it is a delight and a thrill is probably overstating it, but oh. it is always wonderful to welcome back our good friend Scott Cohen. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see uh, you guys too. It's been a while, man. I was out. Uh, he was he was vacationing. I was sick last Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know you're holding down the fort like always. So. Uh, it was very uh, cumbersome to carry this entire broadcast sure. on my masculine shoulders. Underst- but understood. Found a way to do it. But anyway, here we are. Here we are. Uh, spring training is underway. Yes, it is. Last week, uh, Rafael Devers, who I actually think uh, said it was right on the screws in this, was critical of the team for not doing enough. Uh, to do the things that they really do need to make that team competitive. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of free agents have come and gone. There's been talk about them signing this guy or that guy, and not a whole hell of a lot has gotten done. He's absolutely right in this criticism. What do you think? I, you know, he jo- he joined the chorus. He said out loud what we've been saying out loud all along. I mean, Blake, Blake Snell, a uh, former Cy Young winner, right? He's getting ready to sign uh, with the Yankees for $150 million. With everything the Yankees have already done, they're going to add a, a, a former Cy Young winner. Red Sox have absolutely zero pitching, have gone after no one. And Devers is, I mean, he's arguably the face of the franchise. And when you're... When your face gets out there and just lowers the boom on the team, that says a lot. Well, and he's been a pretty quiet guy. He's a very quiet and guy. And so to have him to come out and say something as bold as that, it, it makes you wonder you know, what's really going on. And I've, you know, I've heard these stories about you know, there are people within the organization saying, you know what, maybe it's time for John Henry to unload this thing and let somebody else have a crack at it. Yeah, and the thing, the fact of the matter is, it's like, I mean, he's not going to do that. Um, he, they make win, loser. We've been, I mean, we've been through this before, uh, win, loser, draw. They make a ton of money. They're one of the most profitable franchises in major league baseball. I mean, one, one of the top ones and there's only, and to their detriment in many ways, there's only 37,000 and change that they can stuff into that ballpark, and they do day after day after day, and it it there's no incentive for yeah. them to 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 spend the money. Well, the other problem here is so 20 years ago when they won the World Series, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, you know John Henry's. <laughs> You know, his portfolio is a whole lot smaller than it is today. His yep. financial interests are very broad, and they're all over the place. All over the place. 
everything from you know owning soccer teams in England to you, you name it. There's a lot. He's getting involved with the PGA. Just got involved with the PGA Tour. It to me, it's like the Red Sox are no longer the priority. It's not a here. priority for him. No, Dex. It's, it's, it's probably not. it's probably not the money maker that uh, you know that some of the other properties that he has are making for <laughs> well, him. Well, either either that or you know I, I think what it is is that it is it is making. Um, if you only have to let you know use just like dollar bills. If you only have to invest five dollars in in your product and it's paying you like uh, you invested ten, why would you invest ten dollars? He's it's the things on cruise control. I mean, he brings in Theo Epstein. Everybody gets all fired up about that. Theo's not there to help him with the Red Sox. Theo is there to help him with all of the other major things that he has going on. But back to your original point, the the fact that you have that, you know, Devers has worked his way up. He's been around long enough where he's now the face and the leader of the team. And he comes right out and he says out loud what, what everybody else has been saying. I give him a lot of credit for it. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they treat any of the big three, Roman Anthony, Marcelo Mayer, and Kyle Teal over the next year. Some of these clubs have already given seven- and eight-year deals to players before they take as much as a swing or a, th- a single throw or a single pitch in the big league. Those kind of deals can't require missed prospects. Do Anthony Meyer, Mayer and uh, Teal qualify? Does he, any, he brings up a very good point. Does, any, but does your average Red Sox fan have any idea who those names that you just verbalized no but you can no. find about it in my opinion no piece but under i my know pen name, but you're Sean right McAdams, <laughs> you're, no no you're right you're right but that i mean but that's that's the that's the point where they know who these guys are they they their yeah. their lack of star power is just it, it it's 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 just brutal Brutal. Even if the Sox elect uh, not to pursue deals with players in the 0-1 service time car- category, uh, yep. Abreu, uh, Rafaela, and Grissom. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. We're going to have to keep an eye yeah, on that. We definitely, definitely got to keep our <laughs> ear to the ground on that one. Uh, I want to talk about college basketball sure. here for a second. There have been a, been a couple of incidents that have happened, one over the weekend between Wake Forest and Duke. Wake Forest, which is unranked, beats Duke. They're ranked number eight, and uh, the crowd is so am- amazed that this has happened that they have stormed the court. They wound up injuring one of the Duke players, their, yep. their star center, uh, Filipowski, and now there's this big call for the practice of storming courts to end. LSU last week was fined $100,000 for the same thing when they beat uh, Kentucky. And uh, it, you know, this is one of those college traditions that is every bit as uh, beloved. It's as, part of the whole. As, it's as part binge, of the deal. It's binge drinking and cleaning up vomit. It is. It is. I to me, I don't think there's a real solution here, other than to put you know a cage around <laughs> around the, the the court like they used to do at UMass. Right. I don't know if there's a real way they can stop a throng of people from bouncing on the court after a game. Well, you know what, uh, Baxi? UMass has figured out how to stop court storming. It's like, just, just suck. Yeah, and you, well, and you just And you just don't have to worry about it. No, the, <laughs> the, the yeah, only... Stop beating ranked just, teams. Yeah, just suck. <laughs> just keep sucking. Um, the only thing that they could do... But, well, first of all, it's, it's a part of the game. It's it's just it's part of the game. It's part of the spectacle. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Players are getting hurt. Uh, Caitlin Caitlin Clark a couple of weeks ago, she got banged around a little bit. Um, you know, it's what what's going to happen is if one of these. I was listening to a pundit over the weekend. Two things: if 
if a um, if one of these NIL rich uh, Division One players injures a kid running on the field, the kid's going to sue the player, mm-hmm. and so it, we're talking a litigious situation. And the only real way that you can stop uh, court storming is to penalize the home court, the home team. Um, in in uh, some way, shape, or form for doing it. That that would be the only way you could possibly stop it. Yeah, but, but it's it's part of the game. But you know how it is. I mean, if you're a college student and someone finds your how school hundred thousand dollars, every student in LSU say, "Yeah, you go go. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. It's only my parents' money. Exactly. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It kids does. kids are not going to be motivated by They're a not. fine or anything else like that. They're not. Even if the the school says. Don't storm the court. That just sounds like a like a challenge, and you drop the drop the gloves and say game on. But it happens. It happen. It's happened game after game. It happens year after year. Every once in a while, somebody gets a knee contusion or gets you know gets a, a black and blue mark. Yeah. It, it's this is it's a story, and and in, I mean until somebody like you know tears ligaments in their knee, don't talk to me about it. You were uh, we were talking before we went on the air here about uh, apparently Charlie Baker, who's now the head of the NAACP. Yeah, right, right. Not exactly. Sorry, different organization. But he is looking to expand March Madness and expand the the expand the field significantly. Charlie Baker, former Massachusetts governor, now the president of the NCAA. Uh, I guess he appeared in a in a, a video podcast on that was released on Friday, says that he making um, making the gesture that he wants to expand the uh, NCA tournament to 96 teams. And of course, you give you uh, there's one reason why he wants to do that. One reason only to make more and more money. But and so thoughts. I I, I think that that's that, that's way over the top. We don't. We do not need to be doing that. Well, and I think you know what happens is you know the the, the NCAA tournament is such a great event. I mean, it it, it, it doesn't it, need to be fixed. It doesn't need to be fixed, and it doesn't need to be expanded because, quite frankly, it's enough. I mean, it's you're talking about a full month of of college basketball. Yes. It's a great event. Don't water it down by including teams that have no business facing UConn in the first round. Yep. It just doesn't make any any real competitive sense. And yeah, you know, this is and listen, this this is the year that I'm fully expecting uh, Marquette to go deep. Number 7 Buddy, Marquette you, speaking, in the country. Speaking of that, you got your clock clean by UConn a couple of weeks ago. That was that was supposed to be like a, you know, a big big game. Mm-hmm. And there's a apparently a huge difference between number 1 and number 8 at this point. So, uh your your boys need to uh, got some work to do, yeah, buddy. Yeah, well, I got I got to tell you, uh, UConn has cleaned the clock of 24 other teams. Uh, it's UConn everybody. and everybody else they're, this year. They're tough. They're a real uh tough team. The NFL Combine is this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the the draft's coming up. Uh, the uh, Patriots still have the number three pick. It, it who what they're going to do with it seems to change by the hour. I think the latest uh, mock draft I saw that they're going to take the, the the kid May, the quarterback. But I don't know. I'm I'm not totally convinced that they're going to they're going to stand put. I I I really don't have a feel for that like at all. Celtics have won eight straight. Yep, Celtics are so Celtics and Bruins, right? They're that's what we're going to be hanging our hat on for the next uh, handful of months. Um, there's, n- I don't see 
anybody in the Eastern Conference and let alone the Western Conference even touching the Celtics. They are that good. Uh, the Bruins have played five straight overtime games, six of their last seven. Um, they've got the bees have problems that they need to solve, I think, at the trade deadline. They can't score. Uh, they get themselves involved in overtime. They're, uh, you know, talk technically. They're terrible on the faceoff this year. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how much much they miss Patrice Bergeron. Every time, every time they blow a faceoff, that's a one more opportunity less, you know, in the offensive zone. There, I don't know whether the players they have on the team are the ones that are going to fix this problem, and they they've got an opportunity with the trade deadline coming up to do something about it. All right, Scott Cohen, good to see you. Good to see you guys too. You bet. Seven twenty four with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Springfield seven with Bax and Nagel at Rock one hundred two. Uh, it is going to be a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of fifty one. Tomorrow cloudy with a high of fifty four. It's thirty two right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, if you're going to be listening to the uh, podcast later on today, uh, Marcotte Ford, they got you back for sales service parts and rentals if you're listening make sure you subscribe like share and uh, tell all your friends about what's going on in the Bax and nagel show again uh apple podcast soundcloud spotify and on rock102.com you never have to miss another show again never i mean unless you want to i mean unless there's specific reasons you say i've had enough enough is enough of these two idiots i can't handle it any further but i can't imagine anyone who's actually saying that <clears throat> well, they might be saying, I can't handle these two idiots. I just want to listen to that one idiot talk about music. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, and all, and for those of you who are complaining, well, you play too much Tom Petty. Well, the music is out of those podcasts. Yeah. That's uh, that's like a dream come true for a lot of for people. For some. That's that's the reason why they turn us off. Some guy hates Rush. I saw that text over the weekend. No, I, I, can't, uh, I can't sit and listen to that. Uh, how much more rush are you going to play? Can't play enough. In fact, I'm thinking about playing all of 2112, side one, next hour. Yeah. We do, we just, uh, people love repetitiveness. They do. No, they really love. Huh. They love repetitiveness. They, no, but they really love repetitiveness. I think what they really appreciate is when things are said over and over again in a repeated fashion. Like repetitiveness. Yes, like repetitiveness. But do people like repetitiveness, or they just like people saying the same thing over and over and over again? I think some people like to hear people say the same thing over and over again. Redundancy makes uh, makes memories. Coming up in 20 minutes, don't do me like that again. We got news next to Rock 102. Duncan just released a new energy drink called Sparked Energy. Totally revived. La, 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 la. 731. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thank you, Bax. And some news out of Springfield. A 13-year-old boy was rescued from the water at Van Horn Pond after falling through the ice. Thankfully, the boy and uh, the two men who stepped in to help made it out okay. But uh, Springfield Fire Captain Droopy Monty said this incident could have been easily avoided. Oh, no. Somebody walked on the ice without checking it first. Right right now, the temperatures have been fluctuating up and down, and the ice is very unstable. Uh, yeah, thankfully, yeah. Uh, no one was seriously hurt. No one was uh, seriously hurt. Uh, according to Droopy, the uh, fire department received the call around 3 o'clock. Uh, what day was that? On the 23rd, so three days ago mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Crews assisted two bystanders who stepped in to help before they arrived. All three people were pulled out and transported to the hospital for non-life-threatening hypothermia. 
Uh, 20, or Matt Western Mass News spoke with Mark Corral, one of the Good Samaritans who claimed he didn't think twice to help, saying, it's why we're here. That's why when you see a child, you got to protect the child. I don't know how they ended up here. I don't want to know. Well, what are you going to do? Watch a child drown? Well, some people no, some, I, I, I agree. I'm sure there's somebody out there that would have the ideology going, hey, look, a kid drowning. Let's see how this ends. Yeah, now get off your ass and help. Well, that's that's what he's yeah, saying. Right. But, but he's saying, what are you going to do, watch a kid drum? I'm just saying that there probably is somebody out there with yeah. an ideology, a well, sick ideology that wants to see a kid drown. I think uh, Drew Piemonte is right. It's a good thing that these uh, that these uh, that these citizens uh, helped out. You know, yeah. ice is kind of thin, a little, little too warm to be ice. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ice is too thin Drew- for skating. Yeah, Droopy said the uh, teen was out there simply because he was curious. He made the point to remind everyone the importance of going over ice safety. If you see someone fall through the ice, call 911. And if you can see, uh, if you can throw something to them, uh, do so, but don't make yourself into a victim of the uh, right to be another drowning victim. That's unfortunately what happens sometimes is people go in to sit. That happened, unfortunately, with that officer out, I believe, in Webster Lake last year who went to oh, save right, yeah. the young boy who drowned, and he himself uh, got caught up in a current or yeah. something, and, and uh, unfortunately he succumbed to that as well. The uh, It really should be emphasized that it's not, it has not been cold enough for ice to be... I see people out there on some of these ponds, and I'm like, you guys are really taking a big chance of you, doing that. You need a, a, an extended period of time of temperatures 20 or below to really feel that ice is going to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, we used to have a pond uh, behind my house as a kid. Uh, we had a, There was a path, and it led to this big pond. And I always thought, you know, it, it, would it be kind of cool to be skating on that thing? And I am thought... You know what? No. No, because no. it's like in the middle of the woods, and if I go through the ice, there ain't nobody to pull me out of it. You got to go to a rink. Go to a rink. If rink you is go good. Ice skating. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, you can't do ice fishing like some people want to do, but you can go to a rink. Yeah. Know? I mean, I'm sure there's uh, plenty of uh, skate time at Olympia or yeah, the Sierra Arena. Maybe you could uh, skate around there, but I mean, let's not get crazy on these uh, on on ponds on a 35 degree day. Well, isn't there one? There's one down at MGM. There's a big rink. There's that too. Um, that was one of the most surprising things to me. I had never seen the Rockefeller Plaza ice rink before. I had never been to New York City during the winter time. That thing is so small. It look. It's oh, I so know. Funny how things look so much bigger on television when you're when you're just watching. Uh, you know, like uh, people skate, or I think Will Ferrell did some weird thing down there one time. You know, they're showing it on, on the Today Show. Yeah. Because it was that movie. What was the movie uh, that he was in about the ice skating? Oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, the kid from Napoleon Dynamite was in that thing. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So they, but, but it looks so much bigger on television. You get there, it's this little dinky. It's no bigger than the MGM one down there. No. I, mean, I mean, just thinking like, oh, it's New York City. It should be this giant ice rink. No, it's not. That's not. Uh, Springfield Fire Commissioner B.J. Calvey uh, used a city vehicle to dispatch an apparent rabid raccoon at the uh, Worthington Street Fire Headquarters Wednesday, all in the name of public safety. Department spokesperson Droopy Monty said uh, Calvey saw a raccoon. Back mining hills out of the Dakota, there lived a young boy named Rocka Raccoon. 
One day this woman ran off with another guy. Hit young Rocky in the eye. Rocky didn't like that. He said, I'm going to get that boy. So one day he walked into Springfield and he walked into the street fire station. Rocky Raccoon checked into his room only to find Gideon's Bible. Anyway, anyway, uh, they saw a raccoon near the headquarters building uh, Wednesday and determined it was foaming at the mouth and walking in circles. Well, how do you distinct that from the rest of the firefighters walking around? I've seen a few of them foaming at the mouth before. Droopy said uh, Calvi was convinced that the animal was rabid, and rather than let it wander about potentially endangering other people and letting it continue its suffering, used a city vehicle to run over the <laughs> raccoon! Well, you gotta put it out of its misery. <laughs> sometimes you can't just let a like a rabid raccoon out there. You gotta. Sometimes you gotta take care of it. That's the end of the story. There's no other. Nothing. There's nothing. It just said that's how it ended. Uh, uh, and worrying about it endangering other people and letting it continue its suffering, used a city vehicle to run over the raccoon. That's the end of the story. There's no more to that. You know, there there probably will be some people who will say, well, you've killed a furry woodland creature, one of God's creatures. You know, what a horrible thing to do to, to kill a rabid raccoon. But I got to tell you, the last thing that anyone in downtown Springfield needs is another disease. Like yeah, rabies. Yeah, yeah. We got enough diseases going yeah, we got on in quite downtown enough. Springfield. You didn't. Why wouldn't you call a cop and have the cop shoot the thing? Because B.J. Calvi is more than uh, capable of handling a situation. You know that guy is like uh, when when he's on the hot seat, he responds. I first of all, I can't even believe they published this story. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, that was the, that was the solution. Yeah. Well, let's just run it over. You know, when I was a kid. <laughs> My uh, my grandfather didn't drive a whole hell of a lot yeah. uh, when I was a kid uh, for various uh, reasons. But uh, there was one day where I was sitting in the back of his car and my grandfather hit some sort of animal. Yeah. And I'm probably like five, six years old. This is the same yeah. grandfather that took me to the, the park, one, the, the zoo, where I was attacked by a bloodthirsty duck. Remember yeah. that story? All right. Well, same thing. He's driving me to uh, God knows where and uh, he hits an animal. And then, you know, rather than get out to see if it was okay, he just said, look, look forward, look straight, straight ahead. And he just, you know, put the car in reverse and ran over the, the animal again. Now I'm a five-year-old kid. I'm horrified that yeah. uh, an animal has been killed and my grandfather made yeah. sure that he, uh, that he ended it again. So he ran over the animal and uh, I sat there just, you know, not looking forward anymore. Like, what the hell did my grandfather just do? But that was, yeah. you know, in... in in many ways, you can say that that was the humane thing to do because otherwise it would just be suffering. Yeah. Right there in the road after my grandfather you know, nailed it with his car. Same thing with uh, BJ Calvin. You got a rabid raccoon running through uh, the streets, the harsh streets of Springfield. Mm -hmm. Dude, you can't let that thing run around. Springfield's got enough problems. You don't need you don't need a rabid animal so, start so, causing problems in downtown Springfield. So I'm guessing. B.J. Calvi runs this thing over, kind of like you and your, your grandfather. He runs this thing over. It doesn't die. And, and Droopy looks at the at the raccoon, and the raccoon goes, 
Oh no, Droopy went to hit me. <laughs> hit him again, BJ! Run him over again! <laughs> oh no, I won't go out that easy. I, It'll th- take a bigger man than you to put me down, BJ Kelby. There's just so much to this story. It's like, <laughs> like why did why did anybody feel the need to report on this? A and B. Why is that the end of the story? Like, there's no no father. Well, no, who scraped it up? Did you call the MSPCA? Did they come out and make sure test it? I don't know who tests things for rabies and all that stuff. I'm surprised that they didn't say this is what we saw. Yeah, <laughs> no. The twenty-two news crew didn't get on. This was mass live. Oh yeah, was. the twenty-two news crew. Oh my god, <laughs> there was a. We saw a firefighter run over a raccoon and then run over it again to kill it. There was, it was crazy. Got stuck between the red the treads of his tires. You have more details about this story than you do about any other story that you've ever seen. <laughs> Here's another reason why I won't ever go on a cruise ship. I, you know, I see, uh, what's his name all the time? Don Anderson. Yeah. Great, great guy. Great Him and guy. his wife are always on cruises. He runs that uh, wonderful know, cruise people. booking thing. But this is my biggest fear of getting on a cruise ship. There's a cruise ship uh, that has been barred from docking in Moratuis. Mor- how do you say that? How do you, do you know that name? Uh, well, how does it, what is it? It's somewhere in uh, Norway, I guess. After a possible cholera outbreak on board. Okay. With passengers fearing they could face days of quarantine, British holidaymakers are uh, among 2,200 passengers on board the Norwegian Dawn, which uh, guests have been, which guests said have been aimlessly floating since it was blocked by authorities to avoid any health risks. Around the same number of tourists have been unable to board the vessel, and were forced to queue at the port before being put up in hotels when it became clear that the ship could not dock. Hmm. The ship had sailed from South Africa and had been scheduled to dock in Port. Lewis on Sunday, but arrived a day earlier after missing out uh, Reunion Island. One Brit who had been uh, due to start his cruise over the weekend said that he had to cancel his trip and considering getting expensive flights back to the UK. Yeah, whatever. I don't. You, you're safe. You're yeah. at least on land. Right. Can you imagine being stuck out there and this disease is floating around on a cruise ship? Yeah, I, no one. No one wants to get cholera on a, on a on a cruise ship. But let's play the numbers here, Steve. You realize there's over 323 cruise ships that are currently out there right now. Yeah. Sh- you know, sailing around the ocean blue. Only one ship's got cholera. Yeah. I play those numbers in every every single day. You're, you're play by the numbers guy. 2,000 cruise ports around the world, 500,000 passengers on cruise ships every single year, and you got one, one boat that's got cholera. Please. That doesn't scare me. Give me the, chol- give me the ship that's got like a... Syphilis. Yeah. I wouldn't want that. I'd rather be in a firehouse full of rabid raccoons than be uh, in a, in a, on a ship full of cholera. Are you sure about yeah, that? Yeah, I would actually like that. I wouldn't uh, want to be stuck out there. I do love this song. This is a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. When the black mountain hills out the corner, there lived a young boy named Rock a Raccoon. One day his woman ran off with another guy. Hit young rocket in the eye, rocket in the line, daddy said, I want to get that boy. So one day he walks into town and books himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon, 
Get into his room Only, only to only find to B.J. Calvin <laughs> He said, Rocky, you match, you match He only a scratch Your Pioneer Valley Now you're only a raccoon scratch That's right, your Pioneer Valley forecast today Going to be uh, partly mostly cloudy With a high of 51 tomorrow Cloudy with a high of 54 it's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. The 99 Restaurant now has early week supper specials. Bring the family and enjoy a delicious roast turkey dinner every Sunday. Hearty meatloaf every Monday. And crispy spinach and artichoke chicken every day. Loving it in La Vita. Loving it up when I'm going down. Imagine dealing with uh, strep throat while uh, singing that song. Uh, that was a, a, a fun fact for Rock 102 Springfield's classroom. <laughs> it's 7:53, and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Kind of miss that sometimes. I don't. Uh, I don't yeah. uh, find myself missing it that much. Uh, <clears throat> if you were in Florida over the weekend, St. Augustine to be exact, the inaugural Florida Man Games went down over the weekend. And organizers called it a huge success. If you haven't heard of it, it's basically the Olympics for Florida crazies. <laughs> uh, events included a mullet contest, cool. a, a mud duel with pool noodles, and an evading arrest obstacle course where cops chased people down. That's a they great the, idea. They got the cops involved in this, too. What, think, a, what a great way to bring the community together. We should do that here in Springfield. Yeah, we like should. Having like a like a like emergency room drag races. Like how how quickly can you like a, a friend of yours in his private vehicle drive you to an emergency room and leave you there? Or find the fish sandwich. We oh, could play that, that game too. That would be good too. Yeah, you have to grab a vote and then you got to run around the city looking for the fish sandwich. Or rather than a whack-a-mole, how yeah. about a whack a raccoon? Oh, you could do Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah, now yeah, a new yeah. Springfield tradition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not clear how many fans ultimately showed up, but tickets cost around $50, and they were expecting over 5,000 people. It looks like they, they did pretty well with the aerial photo that they took. The best quote was from a guy named James Gordon, who, uh, not Corden, James Gordon, who won a barbecue pork and sausage speed eating contest. You know what? If I'm going to trust a guy with any information, it's a guy who just won a barbecue pork and sausage <laughs> speed eating contest. Quote, I've lived in Florida my whole life. They're calling these events, uh, they're calling these events crap, but I I'm calling this Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> the only uh, real issue was there was no women's division. Ah, oh, that's not The right. only event for women was the Florida Ma'am pinup contest. You get the chicks, uh, you know, doing the pinup posters. Listen, there are plenty of women who got mullets too. Who can uh, chow down a whole bunch, a whole platter of pork. Uh, one of the judges at the games was Lori Fetrick, who played Ice on American Gladiators. She suggested they add actual events for the ladies next year, or hold a separate Florida Woman Games. Oh, you, you and your, you, know, you and your equality. Yeah. <laughs> What are you going to do? Make a sandwich for everybody down there in Florida? See, huh? that, I think that would, those would be great, though. Yeah. Okay. Having men and women. You know, men and women have to compete against each other, but, you know, you know, different divisions. I think that would be exciting. You could do different games, too. Like Maybe. Like a cat fight contest. That would be good. Yeah. Versus right? the, you know, they were doing the whole thing with the, it, it was like a gladiator thing into the mud. They were doing that <laughs> thing with, with, what do they call that thing? With the two, uh, 
there are two pads on it. The, the American Gladiators do it all the, the time. The, the, with the pugil sticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. You go back and forth. Oh, yeah, man. They did a, that. Yeah. Does sound like fun, doesn't well, it? Well, uh, looks like another reason to go back to Florida. <laughs> And there aren't many, no. but that would be one yeah, of them. that would be one of them. It's 756 at Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Listen for Snow Country Ski Reports. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 809 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 54. It is 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, what was I going to talk about? There was a, Oh, Breakfast. Breakfast. Dude, so Saturday, uh, I go over to Holyoke, right? Yeah. Don't ask me why. Why? I had to go see somebody about a bike. But anyway, uh, Ah. I was in in Holyoke, and uh, I was looking for a breakfast place. Now, usually uh, if I go to breakfast in Holyoke, um, I go to that uh, Mrs. Mitchell's kitchen. You ever see that? No. It's at uh, 202 and uh, Homestead Avenue, which is is very good, very, very good place. But uh, I wasn't going in that direction. I was going uh, more towards downtown Holyoke. Okay. So I just did a little Google search. Uh, it said Breakfast Holyoke in it. One of the places that popped up was uh, Rusty's. Have you ever been to Rusty's? I have not been to Rusty's, but well, now you uh, you got me curious. So uh, Rusty's is uh, next to Pick's Pub. You know where Pick's Pub yeah. is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's, is it Suffolk Street? Is that what the name of that street is? Uh, well, Rusty's is on Hamden Street. Hamden Street. Okay, Hamden, Hamden Street. By God. Now, I know uh, for a fact that I am not poo-pooing the place you go to, the uh, the Evans Egg House. Oh, I would never, the, I would never poo-poo Evans, on that. That's a, They got some damn good bacon hash over at that Evans they uh, do. place. However, uh, if you're not in that area to go to Evans, I suggest you go to uh, Rusty's because they have the homemade corned beef hash. Mm-hmm. That was probably some of the best homemade corned beef hash that I've had in a long, long time. Really? It was so good. I had like a Irish Eggs Benedict. Oh, that's good. Which, uh... Which is not the true Irish eggs, but Irish, the true Irish eggs Benedict is uh, comes with a couple of shots of Jameson with it, and you know a Guinness <laughs> to wash it all down with. Right. Um, but uh, now man, Rusty's is like a, 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 a tiny little place, right? It's not. I mean, it's small, but it's not like tiny, tiny. It's about the same size as your breakfast place that you go to. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the place was hopping busy, and uh, we didn't wait that long for a table. Um, and uh, I took my daughter and I. Uh, we went to, and we had the the Irish eggs, Benny. It was so freaking good. Right, so I I'm, just I uh, like that crispy corned beef. Oh hash. yeah, that's good. That's good. So I'm looking on the uh, the menu right now. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Well, they got specials and stuff too. You know, oh, sausage sure. and gravy. I saw that. Uh, being slewed around, I'm just gonna have to go back again you know, and try more things. I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm a sucker for sausage and gravy. Are you? Yeah, like uh, biscuits and gravy. I'm a I'm a sucker for that. You should have me make it for you. You make a good uh, biscuits and gravy. I make a banging biscuits and gravy. Now, when you say you're making a banging biscuits and gravy, are you making like uh, the, your biscuits from scratch? Or are you busting the tube out? No, I do bisquick. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I, th- That's it's fine. Not, it's more, That's fine. It's, uh, the biscuit, you can, I mean, you can take virtually any slice of bread and toast it, and uh, you'll be fine. Have you uh, Have you tasted the biscuit? <clears throat> uh, 
the goodness taste, of the biscuit. What is that uh, meme from? Uh, I don't know what it is. Taste exactly. the biscuit. Taste it, the biscuit. The uh, the story of this. Let me see. You know. Let me see if I can. Uh, first of all, let me just see if I can uh, pull up the song for those of you who don't uh, know this. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a dynamic. It's a dynamic song. All right, here we go. Right. Place to play. Only allowed. Oh God. Taste the honey sauce. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the honey sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get that honey sauce on me. I don't like the way it tastes with my chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's great stuff. Uh, the deal with the uh, the taste the biscuit uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's got to be fabricated. No, apparently uh, this is a, a, a real thing. Oh, come on. The damn internet is uh, is pissing me off. Uh, yeah, apparently this is a... Oh, my God. You wouldn't believe the pop-ups I'm getting now. Yeah, the uh, musical duo of Toasters and Moose. I don't know if uh, which one is Toasters, but... Uh, when you're at KFC, you got that special sauce. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what. They, uh, they love the biscuit. I'd love to taste the biscuit. Uh, who doesn't love the biscuit? You ever anyway. taste the biscuit in Coxsackie, New York? Or do you like the biscuit down in Mianus, Connecticut? I, <laughs> if you got biscuits down by your Mianus, uh, good luck with that. Um, but, uh, but, 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 yeah, the, the I make a good biscuits and gravy. You really I see. take um, what? My stepmom makes a real good uh, biscuits and gravy. Yeah, uh, it's it's real good. You got you know what you got to do? You can't use like a Jimmy Dean. You can't. It's too salty. You mm-hmm. gotta. You gotta find a good butcher. You know, a yeah, good butcher yeah. that ha- that makes their own breakfast sausage, like the ground breakfast sausage, mm-hmm. and then you gotta go with that because I like that sausage where it's not a lot of fat in it. You know, the one that you can cook it and you only get like a minimal amount of fat at yeah. the bottom. Be- but it's more about the spices in there because you're gonna get. You're gonna make your little gravy mix. Yeah, see, but I like all the fat, and it's really simple to make. Oh, I know it's 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 stupidly simple, but, but I, I just I never think to make it myself. But I use heavy cream. Oh yeah, see now you're talking. It, well, yeah. yeah, but it's more. But that's you're talking like you're adding like three thousand calories to a serving. Of, well, listen, if you're in the if, if you're in the in the neighborhood for biscuits and gravy. Yeah. You're not you're not really concerned about the caloric intake of it all. Yeah, that's why you don't eat biscuits and gravy every day. No, but when you have it, it's a treat. And yes. you're you're splurging on yourself. Yes, yeah. So I take uh, I take some milk, two percent milk, uh-huh. and then uh, take some heavy cream. You mix that together. Yeah. And then you take uh, you take your sausage that yeah. you already cooked up that you already uh, in the pan. Yeah. And then you pour that into the into uh, the. Well, now actually, no. Wait a minute. You make the sauce first. That's what it is. Yeah. And you pour the sauce over. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the, uh, the sausage. But you but you take a one whole stick of butter. Oh yeah, that's the way to do it. And you it, melt man. that into the thing, and then you take some of this. Uh, I cheat. I use Wondra flour. Wondra. You ever have that? Uh, it's quick mixing. It's to make it quicker, as opposed to you know slowly pouring in regular yeah. flour. Well, what's wrong with slowly pouring? Are, are you in that uh, much of a rush? Dude, when you're uh, cooking sausage, biscuits, and gravy, uh, you want to eat that as fast as you nah, possibly you, listen, can. You want to let it. You want to let it. Uh, you know, cook over time. You want to. You want to yeah. enjoy the whole process of uh, of all that richy, yeah. white sugar, white salty goodness. 
Now, I've always wanted to take my corned beef and make my own corned beef hash. Yeah. But the problem is I eat the corned beef before I get to the process of making the hash. So I really got to work on that this yeah, year that's for St. Patrick's Day. That's a problem. I usually do the good corned beef and cabbage on, on St. Patrick's Day with because that's coming up. We're coming up to that time of year again. Remember the year that you uh, you actually made the corned beef and cabbage and you brought it here? Yes, and it was underappreciated by one of the three of us. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you and I were yeah. like, "Holy smokes, that's good stuff!" Want me to do that again? Well, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to put you out. I mean, that's not put me out. All I'm doing is hooking up an instant pot and bringing in some Guinness and then uh, charging all of the stuff oh, to the company credit card. So damn good. It was really, really good. Let the company pay for it. You know what? I have no problem doing that. And it's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, gotten our hands on the company credit card. Yeah. And I'm thinking it might be uh, we might be overdue. Hey, uh, what's this charge for a seventy six dollar uh, brisket over at Arnold's Meats? Who's eating that much corned beef at did, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning? Did you two guys just buy a brand new Instapot? No. No. <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we're we're going to need to see the Instapot. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that Rusty's place was, yeah, uh, was, sounds was good. absolutely uh, fantastic. Let's change gears here real quick because a little potpourri conversation. Okay. No clutch. <laughs> that's, my, that's my changing of subjects. Sure. Uh, AT&T customers last week. Remember yes. that? Yes. Tens of thousands of AT&T customers were affected by a massive outage last week when a botched network update kept people from being able to use their cell phones for up to 12 hours. <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm not an AT&T, AT&T customer because I would have been out of my mind with 12 hours of no connectivity. Uh, we had our, uh, our sales manager had no phone service last week. Really? Yeah. Nobody yeah. could get a hold of the guy. And that's different from any other day how? I don't know, but uh, he uh, he changed his lifestyle. He was w- riding in here on a horse and buggy, Amish style. <laughs> we got to go back to the old ways of doing these things. Oh, darn. Yeah. I wasn't able to get random text messages from the sales manager for a full day. Now, customers were demanding to be reimbursed, and AT&T actually will credit their accounts. Each person will get... Five dollars applied automatically. Don't now, spend it all in one place. Now that may not seem like much, but AT and T says five dollars is the average cost of a full day service. Really? Well, if you think about it, five times thirty is what? One hundred and fifty bucks. That's about the average price of a, a cell phone bill, uh-huh. give or take a few. Yeah. Uh, plus, they probably didn't uh, have to have to give anything. It's hard to to get anything out of companies for service disruptions anymore anyway. That is true. But you know what? How many people use their cell phones for business purposes mm-hmm. and probably lost money because they weren't able to use it? Yeah. So you, you could take your five bucks and uh, stick it where you know what. They also said they're taking steps to, quote, prevent errors like this from happening again in the future, but they didn't elaborate on that. But it wasn't just AT&T. It was also... Wasn't T-Mobile out too? Well, there was there was a Verizon and T-Mobile. They only had slight disruptions. Yeah, from I didn't. This. I didn't have any disruption. I kept uh, dinking around on my phone all day. But uh, you know, you you hear about solar flares. You hear, you're never going to get the straight answer from anybody of what the actual problem was. No, you know they don't want to tell everybody that 
well, this could be a solar flare that's affecting. And by the way, there's going to be a lot more of those coming up in the next few years. So maybe we're all kind of screwed in that aspect of it. But they're not going to, they're just going to be like, oh, this was a bug. This isn't, uh, you know, um, the, the more and more TikToks I watch about, uh, you know, about like quantum uh, computing and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. these uh, cell phones, while they're great, it's such garbage technology. Yeah. When you really come down to it. I mean, we are apparently, according to the internet, we're doing things like you wouldn't believe. And yet we can't get a, a, a cell phone to make a decent phone call or not drop out. Drop calls, you know, internet uh, you know, uh, interruptions, your know, battery life, all these things that we're dealing with. It's just garbage technology, but yet we're so attached and, and reliant on these stupid things. And I'm and I'm one of them. I I'm not going to give up my phone for anybody. But I would like to think that we're at the point now where we can get a phone that's a little bit more serviceable with service that is more serviceable. But, but they don't do that. Like, you know, last week I'm in New York City and we we go into that. Uh, they have a whole store, an Apple store, dedicated to those head those goggles. There was oh, yeah. there, you couldn't buy. There was no phones available in there or anything else or a MacBook or anything. It was just those goggles because they had all these demonstrations going on with people and my uh <clears throat> you have to like sign up and get one you can't just walk in there right and try the things on you can see other people trying them out because there's like a lit you have to make an appointment to do that and uh you know my kids were obviously and i was interested in it too to see what they looked like they looked stupid and then you look down at the price tag, starting at thirty five hundred dollars or twenty or thirty four ninety nine. You think you look stupid testing one out? Imagine how stupid you look knowing that everyone knows that you spent thirty hundred, yeah, you know, three thousand dollars on a, on, a, on a pair of glasses. I've never been the guy to buy the first item that comes out because you know that down the road. These things are going to come down in price, mm-hmm. or they're going to be there's going to be somebody else that comes out with a better one. Right, All right. That's a lot cheaper than than thirty five hundred bucks to start. Yeah, you know, I'm at the point uh, now where I'm uh, considering getting a new a new phone, mm-hmm. and I got like a like a iPhone XS. Ooh, I'm look a, at it's, you. it's it's like a it's like a relic at this yeah. point. It's like a it's like an antique. So I need to 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 upgrade. But then everything I've read about like the newest iPhone, people say, oh, don't get it. You're not gonna like it. It sucks. Yeah. All right, but I want a new phone. So what do I do? I don't know. Do I go ahead and and get the thing that sucks? I'm uh, I'm already upset that uh, when you upgrade to the latest iOS, now yeah. my outdated Bluetooth in my car doesn't work properly anymore oh because they put in patches and all this other stuff, and there's nothing they can do because the car company isn't updating their equipment to coincide with mm-hmm. what the patches are for the uh, the iPhone. What a load of garbage. It's just another way for everybody to spend money on stuff they don't need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not, uh, it's not untrue. Right. It's like 824 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and embroidery. They print their practice. It's 826 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Oh, we're doing this now? I thought you were doing your own thing over. Oh there. no no no! I'm doing my own thing in a minute, but oh, uh, but oh, you know oh. we still got uh, things going on here. Well, uh, uh, whoopsie, my <laughs> bad. So. Hey, uh, this Thursday it's a Thunderbird Thursday with uh, us, Bax and Nagel. Tune in around seven forty-five on Thursday. We'll give away a prize pack that includes four hats, four koozies, four stickers, and four seats on the glass for Saturday's game. 
at the Mass Mutual Center. It's a Thunderbird Thursday, this Thursday on Rock 102. Hey, uh, you want to take a trip back into yesteryear? Sure. Uh, 1962 cost of living. Okay. All right. It's a little bit before my time, but sure. Uh, a new house was $12,500. Oh, my God. An average income was $5,500. Uh, a, a year. A year. A new car was $2,900. <laughs> average rent, $110 per month. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? It's 15 times that now. Yeah, right. And that's and that's <laughs> not even a great place. Tuition to Harvard was only $1,520. I think my dad once told me that when he went he went to Providence College. Mm-hmm. I may have the, the numbers wrong on this, but I think this is around the ballpark. He said tuition to go to Providence College. Yeah was like 700 bucks a year yeah that, and, well, and family struggled to come up with that kind of cash that makes sense because harvard was 1520 yeah 700 sounds like a appropriate amount for a school that's not uh harvard i did a story today about wake forest basketball fans jumping on the court yeah eighty five thousand dollars a year to go to wake forest that's insane it's just, Isn't it's it? just insane. It's absolutely the stupidest thing ever. $85,000, and they played Duke at $82,000 a year. A uh, movie ticket was just a buck, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, gasoline, 27 cents a gallon, and uh, a U.S. postage stamp was four cents. Now, if you bought a forever stamp back then. <laughs> they didn't have them back then. Well, they should have. I know. Uh, sugar, 89 cents for 10 pounds. 89 cents for 10 yeah. Milk is a dollar four per gallon. Bacon, 69 cents per pound. Oh, All right. God. 80, I know. It, now it's what? $8, $8 for a pound? Ground coffee, 85 cents per pound. Now that's 20 bucks, right? Easy. Yeah. Easy. For, to, a, I think, for a pound of good coffee. I, what did I, I think I bought some. Uh, yeah. I bought, a, I bought a bag the other day. It was like 15 bucks. Yeah. Even the Costco brand has gone uh, skyrocketing. I know. Uh, fresh ground hamburger, 40 cents a pound. Uh, and fresh baked bread, 21 cents per loaf. Again, it's 1962. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a totally different. That was well before the turn of the century, Steve. <laughs> it was well before the. Well before it. You remember back in the late 20th century? I do. Yeah. I yeah, remember it like it was. The late 1900s. You know, the sick part about it is. <clears throat> It's 2024. Yeah. It's, so the turn of the century, we're almost five years ago. We're a quarter of the way into yeah. it. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. You, know, I, I, you just remember like being in school going, you know, you were in the 70s. I was in the 80s. Yeah. And you're learning about the late 1800s. And you're like, wow, that was so long ago. And now here we are on the cusp of that going, well, it really wasn't that long ago, was it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. We are... <clears throat> Well, okay. Well, I uh, was born closer to World War II than I am right now. That's crazy. Yeah, right. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like uh, oh, the oh. World War II. Yeah, I was born in 66. Oh, right. And the World War II was only 20 years prior. Not 20 either. years before me, yeah. and it's been 50-some-odd years since then. So oh man, that's disturbing to me because that's like, that's like old ancient history by we, now. We should stop talking about this stuff to make ourselves feel uncomfortable. Ugh. It's a little bit too late, Steve. Mm-hmm. It's 8.30. News is next to Rock 102. If you're feeling overwhelmed by credit card debt, it's time to take control now with Cambridge. 732-8044. 832. 
With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Springfield man has been arrested after stalking a young woman to her Enfield home on Thursday. According to the Enfield police on February 22nd, officers were deployed to the scene of Gatewood Drive for reports of a man approaching a young girl who was walking a dog. The suspect then tried to befriend the girl by talking about dogs and asked her and asked to shake her hand and then leaned in to kiss her hand. When the girl walked away from the suspect, he continued to follow her to her residence. Police said Good Samaritan stepped in to help the young girl and assisted her uh, to the residence away from the suspect. After the suspect was confronted by an off-duty officer, he fled until he was caught in a foot pursuit through a comp- through the complex and arrested. Authorities revealed the suspect uh, as Ariel Cintron of Springfield, and he was uh, arrested for stalking and criminal possession of a firearm or electronic device with along with other charges. Apparently, he was carrying a, uh, a taser. On Jesus. Him. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, another scumbaggy dude trying <sighs> to... Do stuff to kids. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> Excuse me. A, um, four people died and two more were seriously hurt in a wrong way crash on I-95 uh, south in West Haven on Sunday morning. This was a horrible, horrible accident. The uh, identified the victims as 23-year-old Jolie Serrera Lubin of Trumbull, 22-year-old Samantha Pearl of Norwalk, and 26-year-old Kylie, Kyle Thomas uh, Bulkley of New Haven and Hussein Ali of Wolcott. A uh, trooper said the crash happened shortly before 1.25 a.m. near exit 42. The driver of a Chevy Silverado pickup truck, Bulkley, drove north the wrong way in the left lane and struck a Nissan Altima, the driver of which Ali headed uh, southbound. According to the state police, after the initial crash, the Bulkley entered the center lane and crashed with a Nissan Sentra, whose driver also headed southbound. A uh, trooper said Bulkley and all three occupants of the Nissan Altima, which included uh, Ali Lubin Bircher died in the crash. The two mm. people in the Nissan Sentra, whom state police said were from New York, suffered life-threatening injuries and were transported to a local hospital by ambulance. This is happening a lot more. Have you the, have you ever the, been on a highway where someone's going the wrong way? No, but I, I have. don't want to be. I have, and it's scary as hell because I mean, you don't know if they're drunk or what's going yeah. on, but they're in they're going the wrong way. Yeah. It's not funny like it was in planes, trains, and automobiles when uh, you know Steve Martin and John Candy are doing it. It's not like that at no, all. No, it's, it's a, not. It's a, it's a scary, scary thing. I can't just even the thought of that scares the crap out of me. I mean, you, you when you see it, all you can do is panic because it's and even if it you know if the car is you know driven past you and is going beyond, it's like, well, what's going to happen? Yeah, and you—it's not like you can stop and and watch it happen. You got to keep going. Yeah. But it's like when you when you see something like that, it's just like the scariest damn thing. Same thing with a <laughs> with a multi car pileup. When you see it for the first time, you can't yeah. believe it's actually happening in front of you, and it's scary as hell. There's been a few times where I thought that yeah, I was going to be involved in a multi car crash. One time was years ago. I was driving back from Florida through the Blue Ridge Mountains of West Virginia. And, you know, because there's, there's different ways you can come back from Florida and all that stuff. But, right. Uh, I was taking that route. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Blue Ridge Mountains during a fog uh, advisory? Uh, no. It is one of the scariest things because the highway is, not only is the highway narrow, but 
all you can see is taillights in front of you of the next car. Mm-hmm. You can't even see the one that's ahead of that car, you know, even if it's off to the side of you. That's a, that's a scary thing. But here's a tip that I learned. Uh, I don't even know where, where I saw this or read this maybe. If you're driving on a highway, you're worried about, especially late at night when you're driving down the road. Right. And somebody's Because these accidents are more likely to happen because of the drinking and driving aspect right. of it. I don't know the particular details of this case, but I'm just saying most of those accidents happen because somebody was drunk and they got on the highway the wrong way. Stay to the right. Always travel in the right-hand lane because when somebody gets on, their their tendency is for them to stay to the right, too. Right. So they're going to be in that fast lane that's coming at you as opposed to being over in the side. Obviously, you can't help yourself on a two-way street, but, but if still. you're on a highway, I would highly suggest getting over to the... Uh, the, the right lane. Yeah. I told you the story uh, years ago. We were driving on, um, we we're driving out of Wisconsin and uh, this, it's it's in a snowstorm, the, be- the beginning of a snowstorm. Yeah. And uh, there was a like, car in front of us that got, whatever reason, just, you know, sl- skidded out and was facing the opposite direction and cars were trying to stop. Yeah. And, they, and I'm looking in the rear view mirror. We probably missed this pileup by a good 12 feet. It wound up at the end of it, 60 cars. Holy crap. It was unbelievable. And there was another there was another multi-car pileup on another section of the of uh, like it was like in, in Waukesha County in Wisconsin mm-hmm. that had 80 cars. It was got even worse. But and you wonder how this happens. It really takes one car and somebody else to not have a, a quick enough reaction to get out of its yeah. way and that's what happens and it builds and builds and builds. <laughs> And the momentum of all, all those cars yeah. crashing into each other is it's it's well, unbelievable. I think we saw a video last year. I think it was last year. The, it was a snowstorm in uh, New Jersey on the New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, where the guy he was filming the whole thing. He he had gotten out of his car because his car became disabled on the side of the road. Right. And then as he's standing there and he's got the video go because a couple of other cars had already crashed. And then as he's standing there, somebody comes in and whacks his car, and then five more cars after. Like it's just this chain reaction because you can't. The visibility is bad, yep. and the and the highway is a sheet of ice. And you don't have you don't have the response <laughs> time to get out of the way because there are cars on on the right and the left of you. Yeah, messed up. Well, what a nice talk well, uh, I had this morning. Uh, hey, so w- glad. What was that uh, thing you you saw uh, uh, in your driving school? Blood on the highway. Blood on the highway. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to scare a 16-year-old? Blood on the highway. That was yeah. that was the film they showed us during uh, Driver's Ed. That didn't uh, change your mind, did it? No, no. But we uh, the, the instructor was one of these guys who was like a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. That didn't do very well. Like a General Patton kind of thing? No, no, no. I think this was a guy whose life was really kind of on the edge, and he was the kind of guy who was having, like, reactions during blood on the highway. Well, that's kind of sad. It was very sad and scary because... I feel bad for the guy who's suffering PTSD teaching a driving class. Totally, but this this cheesy little death film is is triggering the poor guy. That's horrible. Blood on the highway. Oh, my God. Look at the carnage. We'll be back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
Uh, speaking of highway uh, violence, a prison uh, guard, uh, a prison guard state, poli- uh, Connecticut state police said murdered a man on a highway in Meriden in an apparent case of road rage was slated to face a judge today. 32-year-old William Lucky Jr. Lucky? Well, today's your lucky day. You're going to court. Uh, Where do you see what kind of luck you have later on in the day? Claimed that he shot and killed 49-year-old Scott Crack Cracky of in self-defense on I-691 back on January 14th. Eyewitnesses reported to investigators that the two men cut each other off on the highway before they got out and confronted each other. Trooper said Cracky did not have a weapon on him. The eyewitness told police that Lucky pulled out a firearm and fired at Cracky at close range. Uh, Lucky's attorney uh, said that his client felt he was going to be killed and he was protecting his family. His father told Eyewitness News the same thing. Lucky's court appearance uh, at 11 a.m. was scheduled to be a plea hearing, but I don't know if that's even happening or not. Wow. But, um, you know, you talk about road rage, just pull over. Just let him go. What 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 are you going to accomplish? And what who cares if somebody does you wrong on the highway? Yeah, yeah I get it. It's frustrating, but is it worth losing your life over? Just well, let them go. Let them go. I don't think people in the moment uh, think that there's any real consequence to acting out and seeking revenge <laughs> or can yeah. or you know seeking out a confrontation. I don't think people will realize that, uh, hey, this would go very badly very quickly. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. Let it go. Remember that lady down in Florida years ago who was filming the guy? He was, like, trying to run her off the road Yep. in his big old pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And then he himself wound up, as he was giving her the finger out the window and not paying attention to what he was doing, he then uh, succumbed to an accident of himself where yeah. he spun out and then hit a light pole. That was kind of satisfying, actually, to watch a guy like that. Well, it's always better to watch somebody else do it. Being a driving douche down the highway. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Springfield Fire Commissioner B.J. Calvi you used a city vehicle to dispatch an apparent rabid raccoon at the Worthington Street Fire Headquarters Wednesday, all in the name of public safety. Department spokesperson Droopy Monty oh, no. said Calvi saw a raccoon near the headquarters building Wednesday and determined it was foaming at the mouth and walking in circles. What does that mean? It means that that raccoon wasn't doing so hot. No. Now somewhere, somewhere in the back mountain hills, hills out in the corner there lived a young boy named Rock Raccoon. One day his woman ran off with another guy. Hit young Rocky in the eye. Rocky didn't like that. He said, I'm going to get that boy. So one day he walked into town and booked himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon checked into his room. Only to be run over by B.J. Calvi. Uh, Droopy said Calvi was was convinced that the animal was rabid, and rather than let it wander about potentially endangering other people and let it continue in suffering, used a city vehicle to run over the raccoon. Oh, no. Is that what he means? Is that what they mean when they say used a vehicle to dispatch a raccoon? That's that's one way to do it. I didn't know. <laughs> and he called himself Lil. 
But everyone knew him as Drooping. Ew, no. <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley, they must hate us down there. One of them does. One well, of them doesn't. Well, I'm, well, you know what? <laughs> I think we've turned them both. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be a mix of sun and clouds with a high of 52. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 54. It's 33 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, no. Are you looking for a great job? Está buscando un gran trabajo. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 851 in Bush. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Bush. Bush. Yeah, uh, yeah, I listened to that in Coxsackie, New York. Did you really? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's good. Hey, Rock 102 is bringing you live performances from rock and roll's greatest artists this Saturday at 9 o'clock. It's the uh, live concert presented by Randall's Farm and Greenhouse in Ludlow. The Saturday uh, night's headliner, Guns N' Roses, along with performances by Sammy Hagar, Tesla, and Deep Purple. It's Saturday night, 9 o'clock, for live in concert from Randall's Farm and Greenhouse in Ludlow and Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. You know, uh, coming up on Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Mike Quincy. From Consumer Reports, okay. The, there's a new uh, issue out. He's all, we're all he's always bringing us his issues. He's got a lot of issues. Um, but uh, it, the funny, I got to ask him about this because, you know, he's been in that business for a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm all these I'm getting all these retro videos on my uh, for you page on TikTok, uh-huh. which is good because it's it beats. If you like click on somebody's video that somebody sends you and then all of a sudden it kind of changes your algorithm a little bit. Right. I hate that. That's something that's not that you're not used to. And then all of a sudden you see a bunch of those then, videos. Yeah, exactly. That's well, why I'm getting all those UFO videos. I think uh, I, I think I, I watched like one of those UFO videos yeah. uh like to its completion and then that I guess for whatever reason TikTok suddenly believe yeah. it's all I'm interested in. Well, it's all the the phone is listening to you too. Remember have you ever like we had a conversation about something on the air and all, then all the of damn a sudden time. it's like all my my video feed is inundated with you know uh now it'll be probably uh, wild animals, raccoons, you know, probably. Uh but uh I've been getting a lot of retro videos, you know, old commercials from like the 90s and stuff like that. Right. And this one, it's it's the 1989 auto show in Detroit, <laughs> and they're unveiling the 1990 Chevy Lumina. Ooh! Now look at that badass oh, minivan. That huh? is cherry. It's just, it's just well, the a- Lumina wasn't a minivan. It was a, like a large. Was it even on the? I, I, could you call it even a luxury vehicle? What? Well, that's a minivan, isn't it? Yeah, but the Lumina wasn't. A, that's I don't. The Lumina was not a minivan. That was a sedan. Really? Yeah. That's that's not what that lo- looks like, though. That's no, a I like Chevy that Lumina. Looking, I don't know. I thought a Lumina. Wow. Now you're gonna have to make me look uh, up. Chevy <sighs> Lumina. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah. A, well, why is they showing this then? Why are they showing? I this don't know. Thing? It's it's a it's it's a little uh, little deceptive. Yeah. No, a Lumina. Oh, they did have a version of the sh- of the van, Chevy Lumina APV. It was a minivan produced by Chevy uh, division of G- of GM. So Lumina was a Chevy van, the first well, front right wheel drive me. minivan sold by Chevrolet. Well, I'll be damned. Um, but man, uh, you look back at all these uh, old cars. I wonder if he's got stats on those from years ago. You know what the f- the weirdest thing is? He's yeah. got this like this. F- 
He's got this memory that reaches back pretty far. Photogenic, so you, right? Yeah, so right. if you brought up aluminum, he said, oh, that replaced the Monte Carlo back in 1987. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God, how do you even know that? Well, because that's his thing. I mean, people can ask us things about radio, and we'll know all the things about it. But you ask us about cars, we don't know anything other than uh, your best service bet is the Leah Toyota Wilbraham. <laughs> 2145 Boston Road, uh, 24-7 at LeahToyotaWilbraham.com. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, all very um, well and good. But uh, or Mark Hartford, who sponsors the podcast. Uh, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, but uh, it's just weird to see. Yeah, yeah. He's an expert in that. We're an expert in our thing. That that's just how that kind of works. Yeah, I know. But, but that's not like one of those things that I could uh, you know r- recall. But I, I love watching these old videos and seeing the excitement of of like, oh, look at this brand new beautiful minivan. You're going to love the yeah. new Pinto. Yeah, you're going to love this new Ford uh, Windstar. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, years later, uh, you know, it's it, the thing, you know, you see them in junkyard and sitting on the side of the road and you're like, "Oh man, that was a that was a quite the unveiling they had back at the auto <laughs> show." I think they over they think they over uh, played that a little I'm, bit. I would have thought they would have thought these cars would still yeah. be on the road 40 years from now. Well, there you go. Mike Quincy will be with us Wednesday morning at 7. It's 8.57 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hi, it's Hank from 